What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate the continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. March4th.podbean.com is the host site. You can also follow me on Instagram at March4thPod and on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. You made it here, so you found me somehow, and I greatly appreciate it, man. And uh, how you doing, huh? Now that the spiel's out of the way, how you doing? Um, you know, I hope I hope that life, in all seriousness, is starting to return uh, to some some form of normal for you and yours. Uh, and if not, I got you my thoughts and prayers, man, because Lord knows it's been a it's been a crazy, you know, 13, 14 months now with this thing. Um, you know, social media is something that's really allowed me to connect, uh, as I'm sure it has with you, um, with, with, uh, not only people, um, during this time and in isolation, but, but also just a lot of, a lot of creative, uh, juices flowing out there, um, with music, with art, uh, with, with, uh, you know, people with all different kinds of companies, clothing companies, etc. And so, uh, that's been one thing that I feel very fortunate about living in the times that we're in is that, uh, you know, if this was something that had happened in like 1955, you know, excuse me, people would have been writing like letters and stuff. And you know what I'm saying? Like, just just think about how inundated like something like the post office would have been back in like 1955, dude, you know, before people had cell phones and FaceTime and house party and zoom and skype and all that stuff dude it would have been insane man i don't know how i don't know how anything would have gotten to anybody within like a two-year time frame you know you think about the election everything dude like it would have just been insane so that's what's been really cool for me uh you know seeing the social media connection and and what it's done for me in this podcast and so many people i've been able to connect with and uh the the guest uh guests actually uh, surprise! Another surprise guest that I wasn't expecting, but I was happy to have him uh, on this week's podcast. I, I, you know, discovered through social media. They started following me on Twitter. I checked out their music, checked out their live shows on YouTube, and was literally blown away by the musicianship, the energy. It was it was just awesome. And I was like, man, I really hope I can get these guys. And uh, shout out to Sammy Wolfson, their PR rep for. Uh, you know, hooking this up. But uh, the guests on this week's show are Anthony Briscoe and Nick Quiller of the band Down North, which is based out of Seattle, Washington. Anthony is on the vocals. Nick is on the guitar. They're rounded out by Brandon Storms on bass and Conrad Reel on drums. Conrad also plays with Diggable Planets. Uh, the, the musicianship in this band is, is just incredible, you know. Um, and we had a we had a really great conversation. Uh, we, we went to a lot of different avenues in this, we talked about, you know, obviously the band, but we talked about race. Uh, we talked about the Seattle music scene, uh, some of the positives, some of the negatives. We covered a lot, man. And uh, Anthony and uh, Nick were both open books, and it just was was really cool to to have an awesome chat just about music and life in general. So I really don't want to do too much setup because they're both interesting cats, and it was a fun conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper. And give you guys my conversation with Anthony Briscoe and Nick Quiller of Down North. Here it is. Anthony, thanks for thanks for taking some time, dude. I, I really appreciate it. Like I said, um, 
I found you guys on Twitter and, and started watching the YouTube videos and looking at the live performances, uh, listened to the record um, No Retreat Volume 1, and really just enjoyed the energy and the influences and the musicianship was was crazy. And in and, and your stage presence, man, it was like, when, when I read the description where I was talking about like James Brown and Prince and Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'm like, that's very, very accurate, you know? So just as a... <laughs> As a place to start, man, um, you know, I, I obviously, you know, read you know, a little bit about you guys and saw that you you grew up on like James Brown and Sam Cooke and stuff. But um, for you, what, what do you remember like your earliest musical memory? Like what what hooked you? Do you do you remember that first moment, whether it was a song or? Um, well, when it came to performing, you know, I my earliest memory is um, well, I'll give a little backstory first. So right now I'm in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and everything is built around the military here. Okay. So if you, you know, my, my, my father, he was in the military, but he left my mom. So, and um, my grandparents, you know, they were in the military, uh, my, my grandfather, but they were in Germany. So like the first couple of years of my life, we did a lot of moving around and stuff like that. Um, because, you know, it was hard to get employment if you're not in the military or you're not something catering to the military. And my mom just being, you know, uh, out of high school, you know, two kids, it was, it was kind of difficult and stuff. So we would go to churches and we would sing for church at churches and, you know, ask for donations and stuff. We went to normal church after church after church after church. And, you know, that's how we made money and stuff. So the earliest thing that I remember is me not wanting to say and be like, I don't feel like it. And my mom be hitting me. What are you gonna sing? And I'm like, Jesus love me. This I don't know. <laughs> so um, that's one of the earliest, but the thing that made me want to um become, you know, like actually do this after leaving home was actually the, the room that I'm in right now. Um, this is my uh, the the den um, that of my grandparents' house, and I'm like where the TV is. There was like one of those old school TVs and shit, you know, with that that had like the yeah the wooden cab. <laughs> Did it have the rabbit ears on and, top? Huh? Did it have the rabbit yeah, ears no, on no, top no, too? See, the antenna? No, no. See, we we uh, my my grandparents was like the the they 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 had they were like you know this neighborhood is like there's the front of Foxfire and then there's the back of Foxfire and my grandparents were in the back of Foxfire. So they had, you know, middle-class, you know, black middle-class family, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, we, we had, we was like one of the first people to have cable and shit, you know? So, uh, yeah, so they had cable and stuff, but they were from, not from, but they, they were, um, in Germany for like four or five years. So, and this was during a time when you had to like, uh, they had like not, barely any commercials and stuff like that. So they were, you know, videotaping a whole bunch of stuff. And I think um, my grandma, she had the uh, Michael Jackson's Legend, The Legend Continues. And, you know, I was a, this was like when I was like, I want to say seven and you know, there was, the cable was out for some reason, right? And 
my uh, uncle was just going through tapes. So I think that day we watched the Chipmunks movie. And then right after the Chipmunks movie, um, he put in Michael Jackson, The Legend Continues. And I was just watching it and all of a sudden the Billie Jean performance came on. And it was, that was it. So all I need to see. Saw that Billie Jean performance and I was like, well, wow. Wow. <laughs> and then 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 my then my uncle um Z, he put on uh the Moonwalker video right after that. And another wow. And I just I, I tell you that those two VCR tapes were warped by the time I finished with them because <laughs> I watched them every single day for hours, rewinding, fast forwarding, rewinding, slowing down until I popped like three years. I, I popped the tape and I'm going and buying it again like four or five times. I think I popped one of uh, and I got a whooping because I warped one that was rented at a uh, blockbuster and got toe up because <laughs> you have to pay for it and those rental ones it's not just a yeah it's, it's, they're more expensive yeah you know so yeah it, it was a pretty pity so yeah i got i got toe up before for messing with that one and for so, kids listening, yeah. uh, Blockbuster, there there used to be these things called physical video stores. Where you would actually, you would go in and you would rent Tell a movie, my and there was a Tell sign my... on it that would say, "Please, you know, be kind, please rewind." So when the next person rented it, they they could start it from the top. You didn't just yeah. pause live TV. You had to you had to go to the store and rent movies. That's right. That's right. Lord, <laughs> ah, uh, the crazy back. But yeah, I mean, I was um. After then, um, I uh, I was in the show choir um, um, in, I think that was eighth and ninth grade. I was in the show choir then. And then ever since then, you know, just like finding out how, how production was and how shows was, you know, because I knew how to perform, but I didn't know that I could perform um, until um, show choir. Cause you know, just performing in front of, you know, by yourself. I was just telling my niece, you know, I was like, I learned how to do because she'd be doing these TikTok dances, and they got this <laughs> new one where they got they're doing I'm, uh, Michael Jackson, I'm bad, and they jump on their heels, and I'm like, hold up. First off, they're doing the heel jump wrong. Like I've analyzed <laughs> this TikTok, right? So I was like, this is what you need to do if you're gonna do it right, right? And I was like. First, you're going to have to do the twinkle toes move. Then you have to bust out to a spin, do a leg kick, and then do a spin. And then when you hit when you hit on your toes, then I want you to, like, hold your feet. But you got to bend over and crotch. So, therefore, you have to bend your, leg, bend your legs and bring your legs together to do it right so it looks right. Because everybody's <laughs> making it look. I was going in. And she was, like, looking at me. And she's, like, I don't want to do it that way. I was, like, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're being disrespectful to the moves. <laughs> I took offense to that shit. <laughs> so yeah. All right. That was a rant. You asked me about something else and I jumped into TikTok hate. My bad. No age. No, it's cool. I, I like I like to know the history for people and what got them into music. And I I, you know. For some people, it's their parents or their family, like like you're talking about. Like for me, that's what it was for me. It was with my dad. You know, he worked in a in a warehouse all day. So there were some times in Ohio where I was from where he'd go in and the sun wasn't up and he'd come home and the sun would be down. You know, so on the weekends we'd, we'd be in the living room and we'd be listening to albums and uh, 
like for me, like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That's why to this day, even though I'm like a metalhead, like I love like free falling from Tom Petty because I have that memory with my dad when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's cool. What about you, Nick? What's that? What got you in the music? I'm bringing him in. I'm bringing Nick in. He don't want to be here. He's coming in. All right. What was that? Is that the guitar player, Nick? Yes. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going, dude? Good, good. Yep. So, what about you? Uh, What what were your earliest musical memories? Since Anthony's bringing you in. (laughs) Yeah. Since I'm being like brought in, I'll answer the question. Um, What? I. Well, okay. My absolute earliest music memory is like my mom had this like exercise bike in her bedroom and I would sit on it and I would try to like, I couldn't reach the pedals, but I was just like, act like I was working out. I was probably like three years old. And I remember she had like the tape player right next to it. And I would always like keep rewinding this tape and it was Elton John. And the only thing I remember was the song, your song. Like that's my first musical memory is your song. <laughs> hey, your song, yes. Elton John. Man. I mean, if, if you're going to have an early musical memory, Elton John, I mean, this is a legend, you know? Right. The other one is a mixtape uh, that she had, and the first track on it was uh, Everything She Wants by Wham. <laughs> <laughs> so, lo and behold, yeah, like, I didn't start playing music until I was, like, 14. Okay. So, like, yeah, I was, I guess, like a late starter. There was a, like an electric piano in my house growing up, but like I would just tinker. I wouldn't really like, I didn't understand anything musically until I started playing guitar. Um, and yeah, like kind of a late start. Sorry, I'm kind of in the shade. I'm not looking. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah. I mean, as you know, to, to piggyback on that, my earliest thing of making music, it would have to go back to my uncle um, where, you know, my uncle was the youngest in between, you know, cause he was only like three years older than me. He's only like three years older than me. And so uh, he was, we were more like brothers and stuff, but yeah. uh, he, he was like the baby. So uh, for my grandma, so he would get just about anything he wants. So he got an ASR 10, right? And I wasn't allowed to touch it. And it was it was in the uh, in his room, and I would get home before he got home. So I would get in, I would sneak, I would didn't know how to use it. I figured out how to use it by myself. He, I figured out how to use it better than him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I was sitting there and I was making beats. And I would go to um, go, go to Walmart and, and Office Depot and I would buy my own floppy disk and I would put it in. And as, as soon as he come in, I'll take it out and run out. <laughs> <laughs> like I would, I, and I had the, the window open and the, so the thing was right so I could see when he's walking in. As soon as I see him walking, I grab my stuff, put it in, and feel like I was doing nothing. So uh, one problem that happened, I got caught. Cause I left the uh, ABCs cause I was sampling Michael Jackson songs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sampling ABC cause I was trying to make a, a, a thing for a talent show and I put it all together and, but he, and I was just about almost finished and 
he came in and I had everything gone except for the record was still rolling. And I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got caught and I got a whooping. So, yeah. Did he like what you put together? Oh, he didn't hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, nah, I turned it off. Everything was turned off. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I got there. But it was the fact that I wasn't supposed to touch it. Yeah. So, and uh, so yeah, I was making beats and stuff. And then when he, um, when when they moved and uh, from here, they moved back since then. But uh, when they moved and went to um, um, Arkansas, uh, the uh, I, I was able to buy my own. Uh, ASR 10 and then I just started making beats and I started out first as a hip-hop producer and then uh, fast forward you know years later uh, when how I ended up being in down north was um, I was like I have I had a couple because I'm in North Carolina I had a couple friends like Mike Wonder you know J. Cole and all these other people who were making beats, but they were sampling. So I was like, yo, what if I got a band together and I sampled the band and, you know, we could just make these loops and stuff like that. And we could just sample and we can, we can sell it out like that. Like that, I was just trying to get, you know, cats to, um, you know, just make something that other people will sample, you know, yeah. And that was the original idea. So I wrote like this long ass thing on Craigslist. And uh Brandon, the the bass player of the band, uh because he read my post. And I was, you know, I wasn't the original singer from down north. I am actually the third singer from down north, but I'm the the first official singer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, what happened was he saw my post and he hit me back saying, yeah, we're looking for a singer, you know, and I had a couple of things where I made on, at the time, uh, MySpace, and he was like, yeah, you know, you have a good voice, why don't you come through, and we just, you know, our our original singer, uh, he quit the band, so, you know, why don't you come on through, so I came through, and they were like, yeah, we got a show in like two weeks. So, you know, here's this, here's the music. And if you can write anything to this and like, I came back like the next day and I already wrote like, you know, three or four songs from what they had. And I was just sitting down the whole time and listening to what they were putting together. And I was like, okay, change this part, go over here. Go, I want you to put this part right here and have this part loop. And then I would sing to it, you know, and I would just be sitting down singing. And they're like, oh, okay, you're gonna get up and dance and sing. I was like, nah, nah, you know, I'm just gonna just just sit down and sing, you know, um, you know, see where y'all are at and see how y'all perform. And then uh it came to the performance, and they didn't know that um like two years before I was in a, a Michael Jackson uh, uh cover band called Who's Bad? And they were like, oh, snap, when I was just throwing all these James Brown and Michael Jackson and, and Prince-type moves, they were like, oh, snap, we wasn't expecting that because the whole time I was just sitting down. <laughs> so, but, you know, they didn't know what I was going to do. So uh, it was just interesting to, to uh, 
be in a band and learning things from the perspective of, you know, paying your dues, where you would perform in front of people that don't know your music. You know, like if you're, when I was in the cover band, everybody knew Michael Jackson's music. It was a lot easy to get people to dance. But having to, you know, especially if you're new and, you know, nobody knows you and you're not playing for your friend base because I'm not from Seattle. So everybody that I knew was not at the shows, <laughs> you know? So I had yeah. to get, we had to quickly. And one thing that we all learned is that we had to quickly um, gain people to, uh, you know, crowd participation and get them involved into the show as quickly as possible. So when we get to the next song, they're already there. You know, we have to wow them at the first couple of goes. You know, yeah. you don't, you have one or two songs before that you can catch the crowd. If you don't catch them by then, it's no use. Yeah. You know, you got to make it so therefore when people say, man, you missed the beginning of this show. You you missed the beginning, man. Man, they've been like, you see how crazy they are right now? They've been like that the whole show. Like you missed it. You came late. And then that that's that's the buzz you want to get. You know, you because some people with bands they'll do, they'll go slow, go slow. And then when people start coming, they start amping it up, amping it up, especially if they're the opening act. And they save their best song for last. Nah, every yeah. song should be your best song, nigga. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so was that so was that the farthest away from uh from North Carolina you had been at that point? So you put you put this out on Craigslist and mm -hmm. Brandon found you just nationally. Like you put you put that out nationally on Craigslist. And Man, Craigslist like, found this whole band. Like because <laughs> when 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 uh the original guitar player left and Nick came in, he came from a Craigslist li listing. That's true. So everybody except for Conrad came from Craigslist. This is a Craigslist man. <laughs> yes. Yes. We were all led to there in some directional. Yeah. It wasn't down and wasn't north. <laughs> so so is Nick, Nick, are you from North Carolina too? Oh no. Oh heck no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm originally from Arizona, man. Okay. What part of Arizona? Like southeastern, like Cochise County. The city's called Sierra Vista. Okay, I don't think I've heard of Sierra Vista. I, my my cousin lived out in have. a. She lived out in Tucson for a little bit. Is Sierra uh, Vista a drink or some shit? Man, shut up, Sierra Vista. Oh, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, like Tucson. Like I went to the univer uh, University of Arizona. That was in Tucson. So yeah, I lived there for like three years, four years. So yeah. you guys, if you don't mind me asking, how how old are you guys now? Because you said you started playing at fourteen. I don't answer that question. You don't. You want the mystery? I don't okay. answer that question. Okay. <laughs> Stay no, mysterious. No, I feel like well, I I I feel like why? Because at the end of the day, experiences is what 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 gains you. You gain those experiences being real young. You gain those experiences being real old. That's so true. I'm like, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, people start judging especially musicians on how old they are, how young they are and negating that, you know, anybody, I don't care how fucking old you are. I'm going to outperform you. I don't give a fuck who you is. Yeah. I'm going to out, <laughs> out dance you. I'm going to out, nah, fuck that. So, 
You know, you can put Justin Bieber in front of me, put Usher in front of me. I'm going in that ass. So, <laughs> so, so, so I respect that. Yeah, I so respect I just, that. Yeah. So Nick, so Nick, with guitar, man, you you mentioned uh, hearing Elton John on your mom's bike, but when when did guitar come into play? Like when did yeah. you pick up guitar? Uh, I was 14. It was like a birthday present for my 14th birthday from my dad. Um. I got it four weeks late no. <laughs> and like uh, what the reason I started playing guitar was because my brother went to the Air Force Academy and he left me like a box of his belongings and there was like a ton of CDs and stuff in there and it was like Radiohead, Dave Matthews Band, like Pat Metheny and all these other things and I was like what the hell is making that sound and I looked into it I was like oh guitars hmm okay let me figure this out so that's what got me. <laughs> and, and did you just teach yourself or did you take lessons or I yeah I taught myself until I went to it was like my senior year of high school I got a guitar teacher who was also my algebra two teacher so that was easy <laughs> and like I took probably uh, like six lessons from him and it was all just like finger style classical stuff and then uh, I went to the university. I took probably like a semester of flamenco lessons from Yerme Vincenz, who was like the preeminent flamenco guitarist on the planet at the time. That was oh, wow. freaking awesome. And that got me like really, or more so into fingerstyle playing. That's like kind of like a hidden treasure of mine is that like I fucking love flamenco guitar. Um, and what? Duly noted. Yeah. <laughs> We go to Spain. <laughs> I just disappear for a week. Just listen for castanets. I'm probably close, but, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know. I got into a bunch of like weird, atypical for a black teenager music, and I started learning like as much as I could, basically, until uh, what moved to Seattle, started mm -hmm. playing guitar in a band. <laughs> Yeah, man, I've seen I've seen some videos um, of, of people doing like flamenco guitar performances. And it's like it's crazy, man, like the, the finger picking stuff. I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of really good, like amazing guitar players that still can't do that kind of stuff, you know, with the finger picking and uh, the chicken picking and all that stuff. I mean, that's 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 really that's really difficult to do, man. Um, yeah, it can be a trip. Yeah, one thing about Seattle too, man, just the music history there. I mean, like me, like I like I'm a, I'm a rock and metal guy. I I've gotten into a lot more stuff as I've gotten older. Um that's why I shot out the the Prince shirt because like the last couple months I've just been on like a huge Prince kick cuz like my mom was really into like 80s, you know, pop and like new wave and all that stuff, uh Sting and the Police, all of that, uh Talking Heads. And uh my dad was real into, you know, classic rock. So um, I'll, I'll be 33 next week. So I, I was a little kid when. Happy birthday! Thanks, man. Um, so I was a I was a little kid when uh, when the Seattle music scene when it bursted nationally in terms of like you know what be, what became known as grunge with you know Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Uh, yeah, man. I love all that stuff. But you know, look, even looking up like the history going into talking to you guys, man. Like I didn't realize that's where you know Ray Charles met Quincy Jones. Uh, in yep. Seattle, obviously, Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle, who's, you know, 
probably the the most influential guitarist on the planet. Uh, if people don't have him in their top three, I don't I don't know what they're listening to. Um, so Tell you, <laughs> wait, who'd you say? Wow. Who'd you say? Oh wow! I just, like, no, you just said like I don't know what they're listening to if Jimi Hendrix isn't in their top three, and I just said Tosin Abasi. Oh, I know Tosin Abasi, Animals as Leaders, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah, is why, like, absolutely. if he's in top three, then the next two are not going to be Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, man. Um, so when you guys got to Seattle, I mean, what's what's it like nowadays? Like, I would imagine it's still a lot of a lot of musically infused culture there, right? I mean, is it kind of a little bit of everything? Because like when I came Get to ready. Nashville, okay. this is going to be a very upsetting response. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I asked that is because like when I came to Nashville, right? Like I I thought and and country is king here, right? But yeah. I thought that that's pretty much what it was was country here, and then. I didn't realize you could go into like a little hole in the wall bar in Nashville and you'd see some amazing musicians and there's metal musicians (laughs) that play in country bands to like pay the bills and stuff. You know what I mean? So that's why I was curious about you guys being in the Seattle music scene, what it's like there. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Seattle has an underlining racial problem and it's always had one. So when it comes to the, uh, certain scenes and certain things that happen, you'll get a lot of bitter people. And, you know, I'm not born and raised there, but I, 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 I was, you know, I've been, been there for about long enough. <laughs> and so you got to start back like in the, the 60s, right? Right. There's a, there's a documentary that's real dope called Weedle's Groove, right? And back in the 60s when, um, Quincy Jones, because you know he was head of um, RCA, I believe, uh, records um, in the A and R department, and he was trying to get get some bands out of Seattle. And you know, in Seattle, they had a three fifths rule, right? And that means that um, if more than three fifths of your band was black, you couldn't play per- certain places. Damn. Regardless of what the law says and stuff like that, you as the entertainer. So and this was the sixties. That that like you got you got people like Kenny G, right? Who was in um the before you went with Roy Ayers and stuff like that, or the Love Unlimited. He was with um he was in a band called the Black and White Affair, right? <clears throat> so he was uh, playing in Seattle and playing in these these types of groups and stuff like that, you know. And then you got you know, a lot of the musicians who used to play with him, and a lot of the musicians that used to be in around that scene during that time. Because you know, Seattle actually, you know, like you said, it started. Um, you know, Quincy Jones was was that's where um, what you call it, man, Quincy Jones, Ray Charles. But it was in the twenties. And in the 30s and in the 40s, it was a strong jazz scene, a very, very strong jazz scene, right? I mean, it was one of Duke Ellington's favorite place. So had a really strong jazz scene. And, you know, that flourished. You had a lot of dope musicians that came out of that. So, you know, fast forward to the 60s, you have these dope, dope ass musicians and Quincy Jones is trying to help them. But you have this you know, complacency type mentality on some things. And that's kind of like almost everywhere in the world, you know, and 
it is what it is. A lot of dope bands weren't able to, weren't looked at. It's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things were changing. And the thing is, like, when you want to grow in your hometown, you got to get love from your hometown. Yeah. And they're looking for the numbers in your hometown. Right. So if you're, that's why Jimi Hendrix had to leave. You know, he had to leave because in his hometown, he wasn't considered great or human. You that's know, crazy. so that. Yeah, that's those crazy. things happen, and then you got. So let's fast forward to grunge. The grunge sound and the grunge movement actually came from a black woman. What you hear today and how it sounds came from a black woman. I'll, I'll send you the link to the the lady who it is. I can't think of her name right now. Sally something, I believe, or it could be all together wrong. What her name is, but I know. But I was just reading an article about it that I had no fucking idea about, and I'm all into where the origin of certain sounds and stuff comes from. And yeah. I'm just now finding out that, you know, the what we hear and that particular sound that came popular came from a black woman, and that was in Seattle that got no no love, no recognition, you know. And, you know, everybody worships Kurt Cobain and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, he wrote a couple good poems. You know, his stuff was, was dope as fuck. He's, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm saying this shit is dope. You know, I love this to, 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 to some Nirvana. But there's a lot of dope, there was a lot of dope Black artists. And um, one of our friends, Thaddeus, who played with um, um, Diggable Planets. You know, Diggable Planets is based out of Seattle. Yeah, you know, all this a lot of bands and stuff didn't get the love that they deserve. It's good to see like our boy Aaron Jones doing some dope shit um out of Seattle. It's good to see our friend Shayna you know, doing some dope shit out of Seattle. And it's just um, but there was always a a a, a strong black music scene in Seattle that didn't get any love during the whole grunge era. You know, and um, it's good to see it, it happening now. It's good to see that the doors are opening. You know, it took a lot of, of you know, being in your face, being like, no, nah, you're going you're gonna to like this shit or you're going to love it. You know, yeah. you know, or like my mama said, you're going to like this shit or you're going to learn to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the scene right now has... Um, has a lot of influences. Um, some people call it the groove groove movement because it's always got like a groove. There's you got rock, jazz, funk, oh, but all of it, stuff. yeah, all type. But all of it like has a, a, a steady drum beat, something that you know is it's got a groove to it. So yeah. they call it the groovement in here in Seattle. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's it's unfortunate to hear that because like like you're you're enlightening me right now because as as much as I love all those bands, I never do that either. So mm -hmm. you know, um, that you know, because from the documentary, like PJ did the the Pearl Jam, uh, it was PJ twenty, I think it was like ten years ago, came out in two thousand eleven. Uh -huh. um, and in that documentary, they were kind of talking about that scene and like you know it from from the documentary, like how all those bands would like go to each other's shows and stuff. So it's it's kind of a bummer to hear that there there was like there was a white crowd or a black crowd it sounds like and that the black musicians didn't get credit because uh, from don't from believe the hype that's what I'm, that's where it's, you know <laughs> you know real uh, talk like the, the the punk movement that we hear right now is called 
that that we know from is from Beth. Mm. Yeah, that was the a great documentary. Death. It was it was sad, but it was a great documentary about death out of Detroit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like you know, you have musicians where it, it always happens this way. Let's look at the when the Jacksons was around. They have to find the white equivalent of it, and that was the Osmonds. You know, so you or or you had New Edition, and the white equivalent was the New Kids on the Block. Like they look for that. They're like, okay, we can't package this, and we can't sell as much, or we're afraid to sell as much to a wider audience, right? So let's find somebody and formulate and manufacture this sound. Or somebody will see something and they're like, wow, I, I, oh man, they're so inspired by it. And then they go and they, 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 they redo it there. Therefore you got, um, you know, Elvis Presley stealing all the Jackie Wilson's moves or inspired by Jackie Wilson's moves. But at the end of the day, Jackie ain't getting no love, you know? So it's like, when is, when, when, we have to, I think now is the time where people are confronting certain things and saying, nah, folks, let me get my shine. Let me get some of this, this dough that, 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 that you're going to end up taking later. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, and it's not to bash and say that people aren't worthy with their talents that they end up using it with. Because Kurt Cobain, with the sound that this lady brought and the the sound this lady brought and his uh, his poetry gave us the, this beautiful music right. so we can't negate what was good about it but we could look at it and say okay now that we know this came from that let's start giving her her roses she passed away i believe 2012 uh the lady who who, who did so you know, whoever her family is, we need to start, you know, she wasn't able to get the love while she was here. Now that we know that this is, we have, let, let's try to fix that. Let's try to, you know, uh, the sound of grunge came from this. Same thing with rock and roll. You know, uh, the sister that, that started the, the sound is rock and roll. You know, it, that was the sister who brought that up. So, what was it again? What was the last name? Uh, Sister Rosetta Thorpe? Yeah. yeah. So it was like, you know, I, I, what, what, you know, what was interesting, well, a part of Nick's story, what he was saying is, you know, back in my day, if you liked um, rock, if you liked and you were black, that was considered weird. But you're like, motherfucker, we built this shit. We, were- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we created this shit. How yeah. was that weird? But it's like, you know, even with our own people, we 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 uh, black folks as our people, we we'll go ahead and say, "Nah, that's weird. That's weird," and we'll doubt each other. Um, you know, from what is considered cool, yeah, and shit like that. But at the end of the day, you know, I always look at musicians as being um, other already. We, we think differently. We walk differently. We talk differently. We, we're artistic people. We don't look at reality the same. We don't look at consequences the same either. Yeah. So you got this, you know, 
for me, when I um, when, when I see like all these different movements um, and uh, how can I put it? These controversial things that happen and how a musician thinks about it or a artist thinks about it versus an everyday person. And some things, it doesn't make sense to me, but then some things it does make sense to me. Cause I look at somebody like um, uh, Marvin Gaye, you know, perfect example. This dude, he would do a show and he would have two people standing at the door at the end of the show. One was his drug dealer, the other one was his preacher. So after the show, he decided where he was going to go. Was he going to get high all night or he was going to be preaching all night? Like, it's things like that to make you think like, wow, these people got some crazy, <laughs> crazy ass, you know, uh, ways of thinking and how they do things. And you have to take that into account when it comes to anything they do. So when I see like a, a lot of this, you know, I would hate to say it, but like the, 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 let me quit. Let me quit. I'm gonna get too deep, and I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> you have to know when to stop. <laughs> hey, we, I mean, we can we can talk about it. I definitely, I, you know, I'm definitely not trying to be incendiary with with my show. So I don't, I don't. If you feel like you're gonna get in the hot seat with anything you can say, but this, this is an open forum, man. We can have a discussion. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's, a, sure. it's an open forum, but I, I I got to be smart and know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I guess. Well, I guess from everything you you've just said, Anthony, you know. Um, you know, as as black musicians, you know, who who are mixing these different elements, right? There's funk in your sound, there's psychedelic stuff and there's in your sound, there's rock, there's there's pop, there's 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 a groove to what you guys are doing. Um, I guess but, kind of a two part but but, but, but I, I don't want to cut you off, cut you off, but you know what I've seen and it's been a problem is the boxes. You know, people always ask us, so what is your sound? And, you know, we we made our own box, but it was really kind of given to us at um, by Seattle, uh, was it Seattle, Seattle Weekly? And they called our, song, our stuff uh, Soul Pop. No, not Soul Pop, uh, 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 Soul Punk or Punk Soul. And the problem that I see is, especially when it came to like Prince, Michael, only thing you can call that shit was pop because it has so many different genres. In it, right. Right. They didn't know where to categorize. It. Right. And I think that the problem now is, especially with these playlists and shit like that, you got to be put in this box. Right. And the whole album has to be put in that box and that's what it's called. And I, we've came to the conclusion that fuck that we just gonna make singles single 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 and we're gonna put it in every fucking genre we feel feels fit yeah. so they can't say oh this is a down north is a funk band or down north is a rock band or down north is a pop band or down north is a reggae band or down north is a country band you can't say that because i will sit there and write a song and put we'll put something together that sounds like whatever you thought we was yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where, yeah where i was going was um I wasn't trying to define your sound. I was just more asking. No, no, I didn't say you were. I just, you know, that's just got me onto a rant. Sorry. No, you're cool. I no, like it's, it's all, it's all good. Man. It's all good. <laughs> um, 
I was just asking, you know, since since you guys like we're talking about this history and and sadly a forgotten history, not you know, not just in Seattle, but in music in general when it comes to black artists, do you feel like with all the different elements that you guys combine in your sound and having been out in Seattle, like you said, for a minute now, do you feel like it's changing? Do you feel like when you guys perform shows now, there's do you feel like there's there is attention there? Or do you think people just vibe with it? They don't care about who the members in the band, what, what you guys look like, they, they're just there for the, for the, for the band and the sound. Does that question, does that, does that make sense? Like, do you feel like it's yeah, getting that, better? That, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a mixed bag. Okay. You know, for 99% of the people don't care about your base. 99, won't, but we're still dealing with alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. at the end of the day musicians you're selling two things drinks and maybe sex. Uh, and what maybe sex i just i, I was uh, yeah drinks and sex that's kind of the only things that you're selling <laughs> as a musician you know drinks tickets and sex so those three things is what you probably but at the end of the day the bar if it put like this if if you are a musician and all your fans do not drink. <laughs> the bar is not bringing you back. You don't care if you fill that bitch up. Yeah. So you are dealing with drunk folks. And drunk folks are different, right? People who are drinking, their inhibitions are a little bit down. Their tongue is a little bit loose. So you're going to get the real them yeah. at the end of the day. Right, and right. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but it's a real thing. So the the PC part of them was probably you know three drinks ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? and and that's why it's good. I feel like all musicians should pay their dues because if you really want to know if your song sucks, mm. by song three, and if you're the 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 second to the last band and that song sucks they will let you know because they're drunk enough by that time of the night (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) and they will tell you turn that shit off that shit sounds old (laughs) I remember this one time we did we played um Chicago man yeah yeah Chicago Reggie's in Chicago we played this show and like oh my god halfway through i don't even know the story like it was just weak. yeah and we weren't playing with like our like legit drummer like we had a fill-in so it was still loose like it was early in the tour and it was just like it was not a good set i mean it was good like it was well performed but we weren't tight we didn't have the right energy on it and like chicago was like that was a nice place because they were quick to let you know it's like nah mm-hmm. nah Nah, bro. <laughs> yeah, mid Midwest. Yeah, Midwest. You get pretty pretty straight up there. I mean, just fr- from being from yep. Toledo, I'm I'm from four hours from from Chicago. Like Toledo was like a, we were kind of like a big little city, if that makes sense. Like Detroit was an hour north, Cleveland was two hours east, Chicago was four hours. So you're surrounded by all these bigger markets. But yeah, I, I would say Midwest is pretty straight up. You get a lot of impress me, bros. You get a lot of people with their their arms crossed. Like, all right, what are you gonna do? What 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 are you gonna you know what I mean? So. Um, but I, you know, all the shows that I went to with my friends growing up, man, like I always, um, I always wanted to get there to see who was open and see who was coming on because I, I like to see who's coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I, I like to see what's next. I like to see the bands that are out there doing their thing. You know, that's even with this podcast, like that's what's been so cool is to to talk to artists who are doing their thing because I feel like, you know, there's so much good music out there. And I think the beauty of today is you do got to kind of work hard to find it because there's there's Spotify, there's SoundCloud. So you have access to all this music. But I also think at the end of the day, if if you're good, people are going to catch on to it. You know what I mean? So and yeah. in a live show, I would imagine, I mean, I'm not a musician, but I would imagine for you guys, that's probably a challenge you like, right? To get up on the stage and be like, all right, who who can we win over tonight? <laughs> oh, the bummer is it's not a challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we cocky as a motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to it at the end of the day, I look at it like, you know, uh, I'll bring another analogy. I'm a person who loves history of music and analogy, but you had... Um, it was it. Have you seen that new movie with um the One Night in Miami? No, I haven't seen that yet. No. Oh, dude, you gotta watch it. Was so so they got they kind of made uh, my boy Jackie Wilson look like a dick, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what they would do, they would flip a coin, right, and see who's gonna close. Right, they would flip yeah. a coin, and see who's gonna close the night, and. Uh, you know, Jackie Wilson, he's one of those performers like, you know, Jackie Wilson and James Brown were Michael Jackson's go-tos, right? So, you know, you could just tell uh, those were his go-tos and those were his favorite two performers. And and, and he considered uh, uh, Jackie Wilson just as powerful as James Brown. That lets you know how Jackie Wilson performed, right? And uh, they used to call him Mr. Excitement. So, uh, you know, he was just, just dynamite singer, but Sam Cooke, Sam Cooke couldn't dance. He was terrible at dancing, but he can sing his ass off. Yeah. So, so um, you know, you got, you flip the coin, you see who's going who's gonna to top who each night. And, that, and, and that's how we feel, right? Or I use another analogy, right? <laughs> Here's another analogy. So you got Michael Jackson, right? I bring a lot of Michael Jackson shit. Is that yeah, as soon as, as soon as we do a conference call or something, and I start talking, they're like, Michael "Okay, Jack. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah like, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, or Prince? Which story?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm use Michael for this one. So uh, Motown had this huge. Um, you know, reunion show. And everybody was excited about it. Everybody was new that, you know, all of the old performers are going to come back and perform and everything. You know, Dinah Ross was coming back with the uh, Mary Wilson, rest in peace, and the other one. Because the other one was dead. That's but cool. yeah, I can't remember her name, but she was Pebbles or something. I can't remember her name right now. <laughs> uh, or that uh, Marvin Gaye was going to sing a song and you know the uh, uh, the Commodores has been back with uh, with fucking uh, Lionel Richie. Like this was gonna be the show of the night. What was always go- also going on at the same time was the biggest song was uh, "Rhythm of the Night." To the beat of the rhythm of the night. Yeah, and that was with Barge. And the Barge was because the Jacksons left a couple years ago, and that was like you know. The bars was their replacement, right? 
And, you know, and they were like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put the Jacksons and Michael Jackson going to do a solo song. And then everybody's going to forget about that because we're going to have Barge play right after. And everybody's going to forget about the Jacksons. We're going to show you that Motown is on top. Well, what they didn't know, right? Because Michael didn't want to play the show because before then, Michael did all the 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 uh, variety shows. The Jackson had a, a dope variety show that nobody knows about. Everybody needs to go back and watch the Jackson variety show. That shit was on point. All right, but I digress. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Michael was uh, he didn't want to do it. So then Barry Gordy personally went to him and asked him to play this thing. He was like, hey, I'm going to be retiring soon and I want to show the world what's going on and I think that what you're doing is tight. He was just giving them all he wanted to hear and he said, but I want you to perform. And Michael said, okay, as long as I perform something from my new album. And then he was like, okay, whatever it is, fine. Because they're thinking we put on the barge. That's it. They didn't know that Mike was going to be performing Billie Jean for the first time and first time doing the moonwalk. Nobody remembers no show. Yeah, yeah. None of that show. All right? Nobody remembers. You got the four the four tops and the Temptations battled each other, song to song. And nobody remembers that. All everybody remembers is Michael Jackson performed Billie Jean and did the moonwalk for the first time. Nobody... You don't see no other performance at all of that whole of that whole thing. They just know Billie Jean. Yeah, and that's how pout and, and that's what we try to accomplish. If you come after us, we want you to be upset. Yeah, that is our goal. <laughs> we want to Billie Jean these motherfuckers every goddamn show. Yeah, you right? you want to be the band that nobody wants to follow. Exactly that. And, but see, here's the. Yeah. So it's so yeah, so that's kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and to the to the extent it kind of backfired because now nobody wants <laughs> it's it's kind of hard for us to get opening slots now. Um because yeah. Word spread. Are Word there spread. any are there any shows that you guys have played um where you where you went into it and you're like, ah man, this is like this is a new market? Like are they you know, like I mean, like you said, you're 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 confident. You like you know you're gonna slay. But was there was there a city that got really into you that maybe surprised you a little bit, or a market that you were like, oh, let's play this place, but we well, let's see what happens. And and they ended up being. Like, we did a tour. We did a tour. What was that? What was that band? Um, the one we did where we met Joyce with Adelaide's Way. Adelaide's Way. And this was a totally different crowd. Yeah. That we've ever played before. Yeah. And they put us at. I mean, they put us right in the back of the bus. We were the first band every damn night. <laughs> every damn night, we was the first band. But we was like, who's ever at this, whoever showed up first is about to get the best show. And we just whooped, we Nasty. just asked every fucking night. Um, until the word started getting around um, to, from other cities yeah. that we were to come early to watch us. And what uh, we heard, so there was one, I don't know if it was a race thing or whatever, but one of the show, this was a package deal. So it was like four or five bands all touring to each one. Yeah. And then in 
It's supposed to be like San Jose. Yeah, San Jose or San Francisco. One of the shows they didn't want us there. That's weird. The band, not that it wasn't the band. This was this was this was the the venue. the venue. They didn't want us there. They didn't say you know we didn't want that type of music. I don't know what the fuck that means, but they didn't want that type of music. So That's weird. Yeah. So here's the thing. We, we we didn't show up. You know we we basically slept in that night. All right, and come to hear from the others. The uh, uh, people were upset that we weren't there because they heard from the other city to come in early because to see our show. There was a groups of people who was there to see us because they heard about us. And then they end up saying, fuck that. And they end up driving to the next show. Four hours. Like four or five hours Man, from yeah. there to see us live. So this was a totally different, if you're in Leaders Way of Music, it's totally different for what our sound is. Yeah, they're, but, they're hard rock. I think they're out of Vegas. I actually saw them yeah. in my hometown about, uh, gosh, probably eight years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they, and I, I dig the music. But the thing is, like, it's a totally different thing. But we what, what we did is, you know, with the very first show, because we have a little bit of harder songs, we just put those particular songs at the beginning and eased them into what we normally do and then ended the thing hard. Like, we look at what we don't do I, we don't have set lists, right? So I read the crowd. I, I look around, like I was saying, that that's what I was saying. The first couple of songs, I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, full circle, <laughs> the, that when you are um, a musician, you have to look at, you're not playing music for yourself. You're playing music for other people. You're people are, are there to, you know, it's like when certain artists, they don't want to play certain things that their fans loved them to begin with. They're like, I don't want to play nothing from this particular album. Motherfucker, you better play that shit because they're yeah. there to see that. <laughs> yeah. They spent their hard earned money to see you perform songs that you're known for. Right. So, you know, when people spend their hard earned money to see us, I always feel like we have to give them the best show that we got. And, you know, it's, you know, between, I always say there's five people or 5,000 people, they got to get the same exact show, right? They got to get the same feel. But if as an artist, you have to read the crowd. So you got to read and see, okay, this, this crowd probably won't like this particular song at this particular part. So I got to move it around and I'm calling them how I see them. I call the songs how I see the songs will play out. And then and then we and we go and perform, but it's all locked. If yeah. I feel like we got to throw another cover in there to get the get the crowd going a little bit, something that they're familiar with so they can hear the musicianship and see how we execute it, then we'll do that. And the same thing goes from you know, if, you know, I know when, if we got them in to a certain point, then I can bring them to our regular show. But I got to first bring them in. I got to first get their attention and make them be like, start wanting to watch the show. And you have to, you have to, you can't just sit there and, you know, and it's good that I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the band that I have because, <clears throat> you know, a lot of musicians, it's weird for when I see the shit, they have fucking charts up on stage mm. and i couldn't work that way 
Because if I need to play another song, I had to switch it up. Yeah. You had to switch it up. And it was like when I was playing with this band who's bad, right? Uh, they did a lot of Michael Jackson songs that he never performed live, right? And I was like, how they're there to see a Michael Jackson live show. If they never, if a Michael Jackson fan is there, they never seen Michael perform that song, right? So there, there are certain routines that they're looking for. And you rather put this song over that song because you just want to play these Michael Jackson songs. Well, Michael didn't perform them for a reason because they weren't performable songs, right. you know? <laughs> right. It didn't have the same feel that he felt that needed to happen. And these are not the hits. You got to play the hits, yeah. you know? So it's like, but you got to read that crowd. Now, if I would have saw that, and we start playing Lady in My Life, which one of the songs that they love playing, but none of the crowd love doing. I'll be like, no, nah, let's switch that song. No, nah, we're not doing that right now. And I was do it live. It would piss them off. That's why I'm not their singer no more. <laughs> <laughs> but it would piss them off because I would do it. And I was like, hey, Michael did this all the time. He stopped songs in the middle of songs. But he, that was part of the skit. Or was it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, it, it never was a time where I felt that, and we had the lineup that we have now. That's a whole different discussion. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Nick is laughing. But um, yeah, um, it's a whole, that's a whole different discussion because Down North, like I said, I'm not the first original singer. And this band didn't start how it is now. Um, you know, it was me and like seven white dudes. And um, Brandon, so Brandon was in there. <laughs> and now it is uh, one white dude and three brothers. So, <laughs> so it's like, um, you know, it, it, it's what, what was the goal and what is, what, it, what was, where were we trying to go? And all that pushed where we are now. Right on, man. Well, I, I really liked um, I really liked No Retreat Volume One because I felt like the songs, I felt like you guys showed off everybody in a different way. Like you, you like you were talking about, you don't want to put anything in a box, right? So, I, I liked how each song kind of had like a different a different vibe to start the song. You know, like it, you you guys really, I feel like you really hit people with what you can do. Was that was that kind of by design the way you're, you're talking about how you don't have a set list, but in terms of the flow of the record, was that kind of by design to show people that? I mean, you want me to keep it funky? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep it hundred percent funky with you. Okay, <laughs> those songs we have been performing them for over eight. I don't remember when it was released, to be honest. Okay. Well, we we, we released it in 2018. Okay. How long were you in the band by then? Uh, six years. So six years. And then the original, those songs also are from the original. Okay. Band, band um, too. So we've been performing those songs for like almost 10 years. And, you know, how many, we, we just basically went in and to the studio did about two takes of each song 
because we done performed them for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. We did like, yeah, two takes for each song, put them together, and it was like, here. So we can hurry and put these motherfuckers out. <laughs> so we can move on and we can put on some new shit. I mean, just to be 100% funky with you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool, man. No, because, yeah, like like Stupid Man has like a real slow build. You know, Heart- Heartbreaker's got kind of like that, that bass line to start. Um was it now, see, that's a crazy thing that's a crazy thing heartbreaker came out in 2011 Whoa. yeah heartbreaker came out 2011 so that one's 10 years old now huh? yeah so nick nick is crazy we wrote that we wrote that song nick was in uh no he wasn't in arizona you can't remember you was there when we wrote the song then you left so that was 2010, dude. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. So, what? Yeah. Yeah. So he wrote the song, then he left. So, yeah, that song is 11 years Whoa. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the re- yeah. So, yeah, like we released that song and uh, we did the video for it. Like we released the song. I didn't even finish. We, okay. So we released the song. I didn't even finish writing the lyrics to the song, right? And recording the song. And like two days later, we had to do the music video for the song because we were going to do Danger as the song, but then, uh, which is one of our songs that's, that's not out, but it was the song called Danger that we performed um, that was on our very first EP, right? And we were going to make the music video for it. But then I was like, you know, it's not as dope and all the musicians that were on that particular recording aren't in the band anymore. So why don't we take this song that we was working on and let's uh, bring in our boy Jabril. And, you know, at the time, um, fucking uh, Jabril wasn't, he was known in Seattle as being the go-to guitar player. He was on all these people's records and all this stuff, but he never, he never got the love. So I was like, you know what? I want to put him on this record. I want to just feature the fuck out of him. I just want to just, his whole style, I want just people just to get it. Yeah. So he came in and we um, we went to the uh, Art Institute and um, it took them, you know, they were students, so it took them forever to, 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 to you know do stuff. And it was a thunderstorm out. Not thunder, but um, um, snowstorm. Snow Right, so those a snowstorm. Right? This this is the story that always happens to. But there's a snowstorm that was happening, and we were uh, so we we did the thing in one take, right? And then uh, uh, they were shutting us down, and we did all like the rhythm stuff first, and then uh, Jabril had to go in and he had to put in the the solo, and while they was packing up everything, he did his solo. That they stole that year in one take, straight through. That was it, and he knocked it out. And then I had to go and write lyrics to it. So I took lyrics from another song that I had that was we was performing for years, and I took half of those, well, all those lyrics, and put it on the song. But I had the original demo recording of when Nick played it, and and he was like, and I was like, 
her touch is deadly and said, mm, let her mercy, baby. I had to. I wrote the lyrics to that first part and then put the other lyrics together, finished the song hours before we did the music video. So the music video lyrics and how I sung it, put it together, put it on the on the thing, blasted it out loud so I can remember what I just fucking recorded. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. I had, repeat, I had to have them repeat the stuff over and over so I can on get my lip words. parts get my get my my lips right that it'll go together, you know, on to with on the farm. So yeah, I mean we're we've always been the type of band that produce stuff in a crunch. It's not that we're procrastinating. It's just that when things come together and you have to, you know, you, especially in a scene where nobody got no dough, you know, and, you know, when people can finally come together and you the little bit dough that you do have, you have to hurry up and execute, hurry up and execute some stuff, you know, feed the pants, you got to go quick. And the same thing goes with how, how we are with tours and stuff like that. Somebody says, you know, let's jump onto this tour. We're like, we're not gonna sit back and be like, oh, okay, you know, we'll think about it. No, fuck that. We jumping on, we getting in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, oh, we got to perform three hours worth of stuff. There's a lot of solos about to happen. But we gonna get that chick. So, <laughs> and did but did yeah. I read too that um that Conrad plays with uh, the Diggable Planets too? Yes. Unfortunately for us, sometimes, but yes. Because <laughs> you guys, because in the last month, for for people listening, well, this this episode, it may I'll let you know when it comes out. It may it may come out in April, but um, but I might I might put a bunch of stuff out in March because I've I've got stuff that I want to get out there. But uh, in February, you guys have put out Dance Little Sister, and then you did the the Prince cover of America, right? And Conrad, you had a friend of yours that was in the the Dance Little Sister video, right, on drums. Yeah. So when we're like. What, what happens is, is when Conrad is on tour or he's doing shows with Diggable Planets, then we'll bring in our boy Paul Rivers and Paul Stoop. We have two other drummers that we play sometimes, but most, most of the time it's uh, Paul Rivers. Yeah. West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, he's on the, um, Paul is from my hometown, Fayetteville. And um, he was, um, he was playing with one of my um, one of my friends, um, gospels uh, uh, like uh, at gospel church, and I happened to see him play on a video. So I so I, I had to ask somebody to ask somebody to ask someone to find out what his name was. And this is during the MySpace time frame. So I went. I got that information, and I was just following him. So when we had this uh, very important show. Our management, they also manage um, Hall and & Oates. And um, they had, Hall & Oates had a, uh, uh, a festival of their own in Philly, because that's where they're based out of, uh, called the uh, Hoagie Fest. And um, they asked us to perform there. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you know. And this was like the first time um, the, the president of our management company, him seeing us live. So, but Conrad couldn't make the show because he had other obligations with, with Diggable Planets. So I had to look for somebody and I already had somebody ready to go. Um, I just called him up and like, hey, um, I need a drummer. And he's like, all right. 
and we spent like two weeks. We flew down here and um we spent like a week, man. Well, no, no, like it was we one week with there. you. Yeah. It was one it was one week with us, and then Brandon came in for the last couple of days. Um, and we just got tight, got tight, got tight. And then we did like two shows before that one, and then we did the final show. Um, with was that particular show, so it was like, um, when it when when it comes to, um, I always try. There's certain types of drummers that I look for. I look for drummers with, with gospel chops, um, and stuff. So I'm really particular about because, like, when we found when Conrad came into the band, everybody was in Seattle. Was there had a funky drummer this and this, you know, there was all, you know, really they're tight, they're on point, but I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for somebody who's gonna wow people. And I yeah. love, I love looking at gospel chops. So when Conrad came in and he just uh he 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 just wowed us in like 15 seconds. Just he came in, he was like, okay, ready, hit it. He went bam. Everybody. <laughs> Okay, let's go. <laughs> like I didn't even want to see the original drummer after that. I was like, he was supposed to be on. He was supposed. To, the original drummer was supposed to be on, on Heartbreak, and I said no. Because <laughs> once you I saw said, Conrad, nah. you were like, "There's no going back." Yeah, I'm like, nah, nah. Conrad's gonna play this, and <laughs> and uh, Brandon was like, "But, but you know, this would be the last song he does." And I was like, "But no, no, you don't understand." When you got when you get when we get this song tight, I was gonna be ill because like the original version of of Heartbreaker was supposed to be slow. So like boom boom do 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 boom boom boom. It was supposed to be like the slow groove. But Conrad was like like he just felt it should have been faster. He didn't ask me. <laughs> but the thing is, when he started, when that when when he started playing that bitch, and then Jabril came in, and okay. yeah, because because if you listen to it, it was supposed to be like Superfly. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's how that's the that's the feel that we was going for. But then Conrad was like, "Nah, let's 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 let's, let's just," and he just brought it in, and I was like, "That's well, there it is, there it is." <laughs> you know so yeah well so so to close this thing out man and thanks again so much anthony and nick for your time dudes i really appreciate it. it's it been great talking to you guys man um you know obviously it's been a crazy year to say the least there's been a lot that's happened uh not not just in the world but obviously in our country but um for you guys getting to this point i mean what do you what do you have uh obviously we're still in kind of this quarantine phase um what do you guys kind of have planned right now for for 2021 what 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 have you guys been working on obviously you put out dance little sister and the prince cover of america but uh you know if if you could paint a perfect picture right and and then the world gets back to where people can do more live shows um what's what's kind of the game plan for 2021 well um covid kind of fucked us with like a porno star with a big dick i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so <laughs> yeah, it really fucked us. Uh we had um we had a song and we were working on an album and everything and we were gonna release it in 2020. So 
um, and we were going to put a tour behind it. You know, we were going to invest a lot into promotion and stuff. Like, you know, we were gearing up to have a dope 2020, right? And then the whole world's bottom fell out. And, but it gave us, you know, I came back to North Carolina because I was like, you know, the uh, Seattle at the time, it was just so expensive to live there. And, you know, uh, a lot of things were just coming apart. And I was like, nah, you know, my grandmother, she passed away um, the year before. And so um, here, grandpa, well, my grandfather, and we just decided to come here. And, you know, Nick was there in Seattle. I was like, man, come on, we got this extra room here. So we just came over here and, that, and we was like, okay, we're going to spend this time and try to write. And our manager was like, you know, um, why don't we do, why don't you do like a cover song, some cover songs? So we were like, well, if we're going to do cover songs, we're not going to do the typical cover songs. Maybe one or two of those, but that's about it. Yeah. Right. But the rest, we're going to do songs that uh, were deep cuts that we caught, we, we, we felt, but we can, we're able, they're deep cuts, but you can do them your way. Cause I always tell like people, like, if you do, if you do um, covers, you better do respect to them bitches. Mm. And yeah. I don't mean like respect, you know, like, 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 you know, you respect the song. No, fuck that. I'm talking about, here's another analogy, <laughs> 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 but I'm talking about, when you hear the song Respect by Aretha Franklin, a lot of people don't realize that that's a cover from Otis Redding, right? Even Otis Redding was like, this girl took my song and she doesn't even better than me. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up listening to Terrace Trent Darby um, and my I'm, the earliest memory I had was my uh, one of my, my grandma playing that song because I was a Michael Jackson fan. And she would play that because she was like, well, this, this guy kind of sounds like him. You, you would like it. So, you know, me and her and my sister dancing to that song. So, you know, that's why the song is dedicated to my sister who passed away and to my grandmother. And, um, you know, those that brings a certain memory to me. So that's why I brought her daughter, my sister's daughter, into the song, you know, as a memory to her, just, you know, how we used to dance and stuff together. So it's like that song is in America. You know, America is it's it's a print song and we performed it for years. But it's one of those print songs that a lot of Prince fans, if you a real Prince fan, you know the song America. Because yeah. he would play it after you uh, put it on the album, he would play it every show. Right? He'll go in the bass and he'll play the bass line and he'll they'll jam that song out. So if you're a real Prince fan, you know that song, America. Yeah. Right? So um, so we were like, you know, we're going to play it. We're not going to play it like exactly like he did, but we're going to take as much of the influence that we can put in and really rock the fuck out of it and give it, you know, give it some, some more oomph, you know, and more aggression than, than his version a little bit, but wanted to still preserve, like the video, that, that should be coming out next week for um, is going to really show what the song is trying to say, you know, visually. Um, 
but it still it still have us performing and stuff in it because that's to me I, I feel like you know we're a band, dance performance band um and we're uh we're i'm a dance performer and the band is we're you know we're wild when we play so we need to show that almost every video so yeah. you know we're making sure that that's still a major part of the video but the visuals and stuff that i want to bring in and the story that i want to tell through the visuals is um what we want to bring in each video i think we have a couple more covers that we're going to be releasing you know like one every month yeah um for a couple of months um and just you know just do our our version of covers and how we will attack it and i think that after that we'll have some more original music uh of our own coming it's contingent yeah it's contingent on certain things that are happening behind the scenes but um we're really excited about if 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 touring comes back up oh man we have so many plans i'm itching i've been going to the gym to get my get my body ready Oh, I'm going, we're going, woo! We're going to hit hard. We, oh, man, I feel sorry who has to play after us. They got, I got, woo, I got some pent energy. <laughs> man, if, if if things go to plan and you guys come through Nashville, I'd love to come out to a show and see Oh, we're coming to Nashville. That's not if, ands, or buts. I'm coming to Nashville. Hell I'm coming. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Anthony, I'm going to say, say something real inappropriate. But yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> This has been awesome, man. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, when I reached out to Sammy, he was like, yeah, Anthony's got like, cause I said, I want to be respectful of their time man. let me know. Uh, let me know how long I have. And, and he was like, hey, he's got about 30 minutes. So that's why I asked you at the beginning. So I'm, I'm thankful that you gave me more than an hour of your time, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, both of you guys, man. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you and let the people know where they can find you. I'm, I'm going to put up the links in the description for the episode when it comes out, but, uh, let people know where they can find Down North, man. But you can find us at um, downnorthband.com or you can just Google Down North um, and Seattle will come right up. Uh, or on Instagram at Down North Band. Facebook is at Down North Band. And Twitter is at Down North Band. Um, got a yeah. TikTok. We got a TikTok, but you don't use it. I don't I can't figure that bitch out. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just I can't I can't 15 seconds. I ain't got that much time. You see how I'm alone with my ass is here. <laughs> I can't do 15 seconds, man. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean minute, with, with, with with the dance moves and stuff though, man. You I feel like you could do something, you know? Nah, man, I tried. See, here's the thing, those dance moves is whack as fuck, man. And they like you they're like it's like they it's like they dumb it down so much, right? You got some people who are just filthy as hell, but those aren't like the viral ones. The viral ones is the ones that you know your crippled grandma can do. Like those moves are terrible. Or you look like a cheerleader. I hate the cheerleader moves. I really do. It's like they take the same five fucking moves on TikTok and just 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 switch them around. If I care, see this one more time i'm gonna uh. what, if, what if you did uh what if you did what if you did like a loop right because all you guys are you're like you you're a great singer a great dancer like you, all you guys are great on your instruments like what if you did a loop like what if you took a michael jackson song and you did like thriller in 15 seconds you know what i'm saying what if you did something like that or you took like a 
a Prince song. We tried it once with Super Freak. We tried it once with Super Freak because they were everybody was doing this. Uh, they 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 took the fucking macaroni. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We also took a Cardi B one. We took Card- the Cardi B remix, and I like we 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 I hooked it up right during the coronavirus that coronavirus remix. We 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 did it. We did a we did our version of that bitch. The bitch was hot. That was fucking <laughs> stuck. That bitch was hot. Right? Oh man, that bitch was dope. But yeah, we we uh, we tried that in this. It's just. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know. We tried it. We tried it, and I gotta get. I, I've been gotta hire like hire some 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 influencers to pump our music because I just I can't. I don't get it. I'm. I don't know. I I'm tried. not on TikTok. I I just. I, I, <laughs> I'm not it's on just TikTok. Cringy to me. It's real cringy. My girlfriend, my girlfriend's on it. My girlfriend's on it. She watches a lot of like the funnier videos and stuff though. She doesn't watch like the, I mean, she'll, she'll watch like some of the dance stuff, but we'll, we'll send each other. She'll send me like funny videos. Cause a lot of them pop up on Instagram too. You yeah. Know? I think, I think it's good for like the funny shorts. It kind of seems like a new version of Vine almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's just, it's just, uh, I, uh... <clears throat> yeah. Niggas leaving. <laughs> well anthony this has been a lot of fun man again i can't thank you enough for taking like I, like an hour and a half of your time dude this has been awesome talking to you i really love what you guys are doing and i'm excited to see what's coming next man hopefully uh hopefully we can get through this this virus within the next uh several months in terms of people getting vaccinated and stuff so we can get back to live music but definitely stay in touch dude i really appreciate the time all right brother thank you so much man have a good weekend peace Alrighty, righty there you have it. That was my conversation with Anthony Briscoe and Nick Quiller of Down North out of Seattle, Washington. Make sure you go follow those guys on Instagram at Down North Band, on Twitter at Down North Band. The website is downnorthband.com. Check the links in the podcast description for this episode. Anthony, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to do the show, you guys. It was great catching up with you and learning more about both of your your personal music histories and also the history of Down North and how you guys got to where you are today. Again, like uh, when, when you guys started following me on Twitter and I, and I checked out the, the live videos on YouTube and went back and listened to the catalog, I, I genuinely mean it when I say that uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing um, and, and, and all of the genre blending that you're doing. Uh, in the open, I, that's why I made sure not even to really, you know, try to try to put these guys in a box after after our conversation, man, because that was something that Anthony was really adamant about. And, uh, you know, in terms of just being like, hey, you know, we just, you know, we don't want to be put in a box. We've got a bunch of different influences and we, we just want to go out there and just crush it when we're on stage and let people remember who Down North is. So uh, I really appreciate it. And again, I encourage you guys to go check out their music, obviously. They did the Dance Little Sister cover from Terrence Trent Darby, uh, now Sananda Maitreya. Um, and then also they released that in January, and then they also followed that up with America from Prince, uh, that, that cover from Prince. So it's uh, it's been really cool to see these guys uh, during the pandemic still give people content. They've been putting uh, you know videos out on their, on their socials, so make sure you go follow those guys. And uh, yeah, man, it was just – it was a lot of fun talking to them. And I also want to bring up – 
Tina Bell of the band Bam Bam. I think that was who Anthony was referencing uh, in terms of the, the black woman who inspired the grunge movement but didn't really get the credit. So I found the article. I'll put that up. If I'm wrong, Anthony, just hit me up and let me know. But uh, since her name wasn't mentioned on the show, it was Tina Bell uh, from Bam Bam. At least I'm pretty sure that's who he was referencing. But uh, but yeah, man, it was just a really good conversation. Uh, I'll be honest, it was kind of eye-opening about Seattle. I really didn't know about the racial tension out there, you know, with Jimi Hendrix being from there. And, uh, you know, whether it's Tina Bell or, or anybody else, man, like, uh, you know, as Anthony said, we definitely got to give people their roses. And, and if we can do it while they're still alive, that's what we should do because there's a lot of talented musicians out there. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, an eye-opening conversation in some ways, but uh, a fun one too, man. You know, uh, they both have really good senses of humor, and, uh, you know, it was, it was fun talking to them both. And, and that's really what this all is, is about, man, is just connecting with people, learning more about their stories, sharing them with you. And, and to me, there's a lot of perseverance involved in what they're doing. I mean, when you, when you learn about, you know, just, just how long they've been uh, together, the, the, the different iterations of the band, the songs that they're putting out there, um, you know, these guys are trekking, they're hustling and, uh, and it's, and it's inspiring to see. And, and I really hope the world, you know, knows about them, man. Uh, they obviously have a pretty strong following already, but, uh, I, I want more people to know about these guys. So if I can do whatever I can on this podcast to help give some exposure, you know, with, with the audience that listens to this show, to, to bands like down North and just the talent that they have, the skill level that they have, man, and just the, the personality and the vibe that they have, uh, the energy, um, you know, you can you can hear it in their voices when they talk about the band and the music, and that's what it's all about. So thank you again to Anthony. Thank you again to Nick. Thank you again to all of you. Again, follow these guys on Instagram at Down North Band, at Twitter at Down North Band, and the website's downnorthband.com. Again, I'll put all the links in the podcast description. So Really appreciate it. If you like the show, share it, tell a friend, subscribe, leave a rating on Apple. I hate begging for that stuff, but at the same time, uh, the, you know, the more people are checking this out, the the more people hear about bands like Down North and all the cool stuff that they're doing, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So, again, you can follow me on Instagram at March Fourth Pod, on Twitter at Mike V Bauman, and the website is March Fourth Hit me up if you want to interact. I'm usually pretty responsive, and again, I appreciate the love and support, man, uh, from from everybody who's listening to the show. Uh, it's it's really cool to uh, to see it, uh, you know, grow, see more people check it out. Um, it's uh, it's cool, man. I'm I'm really thankful, and I, I hope I can continue to build it. You know, it's not that big right now. Uh, everybody starts somewhere, and uh, I'm learning more of kind of the marketing side of things and trying to figure that out as well to uh, to help uh, you know more people find this so I can share these stories with a larger audience. But uh, anytime anybody takes time to listen to the show or anybody takes time to do my podcast, man, I'm super, super humbled by it and appreciative. And we got some fun stuff coming up. So stay tuned twice a month on Tuesdays, the first and third Tuesday of every month. Follow me on social media to stay in the know. So on that note, I'm going to wrap things up by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Anthony and the guys in Down North, here is their cover of Prince's America. Peace. Peace.